The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, welcome in pro wrestling fans here to the podcast edition here on a Monday of Busted Open. I'm Ryan McKinnell in for Dave LaGreca. Got the Hall of Famer Bully Ray alongside. And on this episode, we take a look at Saturday's Battle of the Belts through the lens of, well, Sammy Guevara becoming a three-time TNT champion. A great promo from Ethan Page after the event and an outstanding Ring of Honor title match between Jonathan Gresham and Dalton Castle. Don't miss this one. Sit back, relax, quick play. Let's get it going. Bust it open on a Monday. Battle of the Belts 2. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic match, uh, but that's really not a surprise when you're talking about the likes of Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky. I think they'd almost have to try to have a bad match. I have been a fan of Scorpio Sky since the first day I saw him in Impact Wrestling. He's good. He's a good brother. Friends with my boys, uh, Frankie Gazarian and Christopher Daniels, who I think the world of. I wish they would use guys like Daniels and Kazarian more, especially Frankie. Frankie looks Frankie to me is like a Bobby Roode, a guy that always looks phenomenal and get the job done in the ring, but is not being given great opportunities to truly go out there and shine. So um, pick up your Twitter machine this morning, show some love to Frankie Kaz out there who, uh, who has been, doing it and and you're wearing your metallica shirt and kaz is a huge metallica fan so uh yeah. let him know that we put yeah. him over a little bit this morning on busted open back to uh, scorpio sky and um sammy Guevara. yep strong match entertaining match athletic yeah. match the whole nine yards uh good win for Guevara, three-time champ now i will say this the promo after the match stood out to me more than the match itself for a variety of reasons. The promo was more memorable to me. You talking about the uh, Ethan Page promo? Yes. Yeah, that was a great, great promo. And for those of you that missed it, uh, we'll be hearing from that 
that uncut promo, quote-unquote, coming up here uh, shortly because we have audio for the Busted Open Nation out there that hasn't heard it. And I'm with you. That was an outstanding uh, back and forth until Paige Van Zandt jumped on, and you'll hear from her as well. But that's, uh, again, that's a little bit of a tease for what's coming up here in a second. You know, uh, what I like when you talk about Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara, um, what I really enjoy about the TNT title bully is they treat it in a way differently than the AEW championship. But listen, I'm not saying good or for bad or, or anything else, right? I'm just saying it's a belt that t- tends to change hands more often, and I like that, right? Like, I, I, I also like a firm run. I like the idea of Hangman having his proper time to shine, his proper run, et cetera, et cetera. But with the TNT Championship, you never quite know exactly what's going to happen, and that TNT Championship changes hands on television a lot, which really is kind of the whole idea of it, right, Bully? I mean, look at the two sides of the spectrum, not just when it comes to AEW, but pro wrestling. Roman is creeping up on 600 days as your WWE World Heavyweight Champion. You're talking about the TNT Championship, the TV Championship, switching hands. Uh, every, every week it could happen. I love that. I love the anything can happen feel. Being the best TV, the yeah. best wrestler on TV means you can win it and lose it at any time and any given week, any given week. Um and it's exciting. It makes me want to tune in. Why do people, why do people pop so hard for championship changes? Because they think they're seeing something special. So if that championship is changing hands week to week, month to month, good. It's going to make people want to tune in. I, if, if you have a television championship, I am a believer in that that championship should be defended Every single week on television, there should be a 10 to 15 minute uh, chunk of real estate on your TV show carved out for that championship to be defended. You have two shows. Let's just talk about Dynamite and Rampage. That championship can be defended once a week in your company. And, and, And there's no reason why it shouldn't be. Why call it the television championship, though? You're the best wrestler on TV. There should be there, if if you're going to have a top ten rating system in your company and stick true to it, that top ten rating system should apply to that TV championship, in my opinion, more than any other championship. And that's how you make your matches every week. And if those matches are just quality wrestling matches every week, great. That's what AEW fans love. That's what they tune in for. Great matches. You want to give them spot fest matches? Give them spot fest matches. You want to give them psychologically sound matches? Do that. You want to give catches catch can? You want something that a, a Jonathan Gresham can do every single every single week? Great. If I had a TV champion, I told you. I, I, I've been talking to Dave about this since day one. If if I if I had a say in things, if I had the pencil, I would have created an in the WWE the Iron Horse championship could have given it a different name like the wwe loves to do and my iron horse champion would have been cesaro cesaro would have defended that belt on raw he would have defended that belt on nxt he would have defended that belt on smackdown and you would have just got great wrestling matches every single week and i think people would have tuned in to see it and you would have built uh, other stars in the process, too, because you would have obviously had great matches and told uh, different stories. And as we talk about, you know, building stars, I remember that introductory press conference here in Vegas 
uh, from AEW announcing Double or Nothing and, and, and really uh, kind of, it wasn't the, the announcing of the creation of AEW that happened down in Jacksonville. But you remember the press conference I'm talking about. It was out in front of the MGM Grand. Uh, the Lucha Brothers came in and uh, Package Pile drove the Young Bucks. Cody had what he had to say. It was that the whole, you know, <clears throat> pomp and circumstance and kind of the birth of AEW. And I remember a very young uh, Sammy Guevara there. I mean, it was only three years ago or whatever it was, but I wasn't very familiar with Sammy. And I found it interesting that he was being highlighted so uh, I guess vividly so largely in a group of already, I mean, you're talking about huge names when you're talking about those early years of AEW, at least in terms of the, the independent scene and a lot of excitement. Again, I wasn't that familiar with Sammy, so I was very curious to see and how he was going to be used. And here we sit three years later, Bully. I mean, I mean that's long-term booking at its best. They believed in this young man, you know, three years ago enough to bring him to that introductory press conference and to say, hey, this is a part of our future. And it has been that way ever since day one. Sammy Guevara has been an integral building block in terms of AEW's success. And now he's a three-time champion bully for the TNT Championship and four-time if you count his uh, little interim um, championship uh, in between there. Who deserves the pat on the back when it comes to discovering Sammy Guevara? Was that Cody? Was that Jericho? Was that Tony? I honestly don't know. I don't know. I don't know who was uh, responsible for, uh, you know, putting in that word for Sammy Guevara. That's a great question. I'd love to find out. I, I mean, you know, kudos to whoever that was who saw the talent in <laughs> yeah. Sammy because Sammy yeah. is, is yeah. very talented and he's only going to get better. But much like any other young wrestler, you need somebody that's going to help you out in the ring. You never want to be in the ring with your, your, your equals or your peers. I mean, obviously you're going to have to do that. It's always best to be in the ring with somebody you can glean a little bit of new knowledge from learn something else. So Sammy can definitely benefit from Sammy can benefit from a veteran baby face. Because Sammy's such a snarky douche nozzle. He could benefit from a, a sympathetic baby face. Like, I don't know why they let go of Marco Stunt. I would have never have gotten rid of Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt to me was a modern day Spike Dudley. But could you see a, a snarky Sammy Kavara with a Marco Stunt? Sam, do you think Sammy's a baby face or a heel? That I don't know. I really don't know what where he's at right now. I think I think he I think they want I think they're booking him as a babyface. I think they want him to be a babyface, but the stuff that's going on with Tay Conti right now and like you said, the starkiness and the you know, the making out with Tay on the ramp and Tony Schiavone being played, please stop. But we like I it, it, I they I don't know exactly, but I think I think right now he's a babyface. You know, you just, I got to go off. I got to sidetrack for a second because I heard Shivani okay. say something at Battle of the Belts that just blew my mind. And I was like, you see, do you remember when, how, what Shivani said about um, uh, Dan Lambert wearing one of the championships? Shivani yes. did. I mean, he mentioned it. He mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't like this. This this doesn't feel right. He shouldn't be wearing a championship. Yada, yada. And this was the same thing I was trying to mention months and months ago about when Kenny came out and wasn't at least holding the impact championship. And Kenny was allowing um, what's the kid's name? Uh, Taza- not Tazawa. Uh, Naka Nakazawa. Uh, 
Yeah, Nakazawa, Michael Nakazawa. Yep. Yeah, Michael Nakazawa to carry the championship. It, thank you. Ding, ding, ding. Circle gets the square. Dinty more beef stew. Have a nice day. Um, train of thought. So when I heard Shivani say that, I was like, basically that, you know, that's the same thing I was saying. Like if you're a champion and you're representing uh, uh, any particular world heavyweight championship, you should always have that world heavyweight championship around your waist, in your hand, around your neck, swinging from your foot, something, because that's what the championship deserves. So when I heard Shivani said, I was like, ah, you see, Um, but getting back to uh, Sammy, I think Sammy's a heel. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think, I think I mean, he's I think he's a heel uh, in the same vein of an MJF, not nearly as good as MJF on the microphone. But the things that he used to do with those cue cards and just the look in his eye um, uh, and the stuff that he is doing with Tay, which. Almost seems like they're rubbing it in the face of everybody. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's it, it, it's coming across to me as a heel. I think that's a direction that he could go with. And when I talked about a baby face like you know and under you know sammy's not huge but can you see sammy breathing down the neck of another undersized baby face i think it would have worked so that's just my take yeah listen i i don't entirely disagree like i think he's a baby face right now just in the terms of the way he's being uh booked and the way they're using him but like his natural inclination i think there's a lot of heelishness in there i think it's better like I think he comes across with more with more authenticity when he's like you said with the cue cards when he was a part of the inner circle, right? I think there's just a more authentic the most authentic version of Sammy Guevara is a heel version of Sammy Guevara. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here, and if you love football, you're gonna love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. You were talking about the underutilization of the likes of Frankie Kazari and Christopher Daniels. Uh, how about all ego Ethan Page? Like, this dude is at the top of his game. He has been for a minute now. He's about as good as they come. I I need to see a lot more Ethan Page on AEW programming because he's earned it, and he's just that damn entertaining as far as I'm concerned, Bully. To me, that was the best moment for all ego Ethan Page in his AEW tenure, career. That yeah. I believed Ethan Page for the very first time. And I will say that some guys should not yell and scream. Yelling and screaming is such a is something that pro wrestlers have been doing for so long as they think that they have to do it. And some, but sometimes it truly works. For for Ethan Page the other night at Battle of the Belts, it worked. I truly believed that Ethan Page was genuinely angry and pissed off it did not feel forced to me i believe that he was venting he was frustrated and the way he comes across worked for me they opened that promo up really really strong with ethan he nailed it ethan nailed it so well i wish nobody else had spoken in that promo i didn't need to hear from dan lambert Scorpio did not follow up Ethan Page and Page Van Zant. Come on. Mm. 
Come on. It's bad. No, it's bad, man. Yeah. They should have left all of that verbiage to Ethan. He nailed it. And one of the things that I liked about that that backstage segment was how Paige stuck stepped out of the shadow that Lambert is casting as such a great speaker. This is, was my concern within the first couple of weeks. And I voiced this to LaGreca. I said it on the show. I said, Lambert is generating too much heat. I'm forgetting about Paige and Sky. Lambert's a great talker, but the heat should not be on him. My focus should not be on him. Albano put the focus on the Samoans. Freddie Blassie put the focus on uh, Hulk Hogan. The Grand Wizard put the focus on superstar Billy Graham. The, the job of the manager is to put the focus on whoever they're representing. This is why I had a problem with Taz in the beginning, because Taz was not putting the focus on Hobbs and on uh, and Starks. And uh, what was the Yo. other big kid's name? Uh Big oh, jacked so, up kid. Uh, Hobbs Starks. Uh, Brian Cage. Uh, thank you, uh, Brian Cage. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, guys. Taz was not putting Appreciate the it. emphasis on them. The <laughs> emphasis was on him, and it doesn't belong there. I don't think Dan Lambert was consciously trying to put the emphasis on himself. It's just that he was so good at what he was doing. Bang, the heat and the spotlight found him. Yeah. No good. Page last night took it upon himself. I thought Page did a phenomenal job. I do not think Scott, I think Scorpio Sky did a good job, but it didn't, in my opinion, follow up Paige. Lambert didn't need to hear from him. Van Zant, I'm questioning whether or not she should be a part of this. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, it's, I'm with you from the What's the last thing they remember, are- Ryan? What's the last thing they remember? The finish. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart. 
Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The the finish and what you heard and the last thing that you remember, at least in terms of that promo, is Paige Van Zandt essentially very unconfidently and um, just very lazily delivering her lines in a way that when you juxtapose it to Ethan Page, I mean, it's an effing joke. I, 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 and I know she's just starting, and this, it really isn't her fault, right? It, it, I guess it would be more of a, a booking issue and putting her in that place and expecting her to deliver. Um, and it's similarly – and I, it, it's very similar to Ronda Rousey in the WWE, right? Like round peg – uh, square hole, whatever you, whatever terminology you want to use, or flip that around. Um, but I I get that there's a social media following. Ronda Rousey's different in a lot of ways because Ronda Rousey, obviously former UFC champion, and uh, you talk about stars in mixed martial arts. There's only been two true mega stars in, in MMA, in my opinion, and that's Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey. So um, a little bit of a different stratosphere when you're talking about in leeway, but when you talk about their inability to cut a believable promo i think there's a lot of similarities there and uh page van zant i i think she'll be good in the ring i liked what i saw with that little scuffle that she had with tay conti uh on saturday like that was you know somewhat enjoyable but as soon as she gets on a microphone bully i'm just i'm checked out man a good booker will always know the strength and weakness of every single performer in their locker room she has said enough over the past couple of months that makes that where I would know, okay, this, this girl at this point should not be talking. She's not believable. Nope. Last night that that promo started off really strong and then dwindled off. Truth be told, even Paul new guy producer, Paul, it, it almost seemed last night when I was texting with Paul that he couldn't wait to talk about this today on the show because he knew it was so bad. <laughs> because it's, conversa- it's, 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 it's a conversation that needs to be had. Listen, we look at the good, the bad, and the ugly on Busted Open, and we're fair and honest to. about all of it. Yeah, he got to Paul. Uh, was it was 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 the it was the eagerness there? Did you know how bad this was going to be when we got on the air today on this Monday? Well, it definitely stood out, right? And like the thing that yeah made me text bully about it was like I want to get your reaction on the start and the finish. And great job by Andre editing it together. But like yeah. I laugh every time Paige starts Paige Van Zant starts talking. I and that's like the wrong emotion, right? That like coming <laughs> yeah, off of Ethan yeah. Page. Like I coming <laughs> off of Ethan, then I start I, I every time I hear Paige Van Zant, I, I laugh. And that's she'll get better and I'm I hope that she does, but I just I, I can't help but laugh every time. So it's like that's not what they're going for. Okay, so you're right. She will get better because she can't get any worse. But first impressions, right, last a lifetime. And you've got to wonder, Bully, 
if the impression is already made and fans have already made up their mind as far as Paige Van Zant goes? Um, I believe that AEW fans make up their mind that they're going to like and or love everything just because it's an AEW and will not be real honest. Yeah, maybe they'll pick up that maybe a couple of them will be like, yeah, that wasn't good. But I think the AEW fan base is so in love with AEW that anything that AEW puts out there, they're going to be behind 1000%. Oh, okay, hold on. Okay, now here's this will be great. Then what about Cody? If that's the case, then how could a crowd turn on the ultimate babyface in Cody Rhodes? Because Cody did not come off as the ultimate babyface to them. They believe I believe that AEW fans found Cody pretentious. Yeah, but you said essentially that with the AEW's fans are going to love whatever AEW feeds them. They didn't love Cody. They they didn't shit on Cody's matches. They just didn't like Cody not all the time. Huh? Yeah. They didn't I said they, not all know, the time, and, but there were And Cody was were, able to go in there times. and win them over. I just thought that they were I think AEW fans were were getting a little sour on him and his wife possibly having so much of the real estate. I believe that they turned wow. they, they 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 looked at him in a different light because of the, the suits and the this and then that but for the most part, AEW fans love everything about AEW. I think it was the, I think, it, I don't think it was the Cody Rhodes character. I think it was just more the way Cody presented himself at times. And I don't dislike the way Cody presented himself. I, I, I'm a Cody right. fan. What I'm saying is I don't think people appreciated it. It came across as a little, I think, demeaning to them. And I'm sure a ton of people are going to pick up their phone now and go, no, Cody, this, Cody, this, because everybody's got an opinion on Cody. But for the most part, and, and that's a great counterpoint, Ryan, for the most part, AEW fans are just going to like, because they're very similar to ECW fans. And yes, ECW fans would let you know real quick if they did not like something. <laughs> so. Yes, they would. Inside the Green Room with three-time NBA champ Danny Green. Joel's playing the playoffs, James playing the playoffs, knowing that they make an emphasis here not to call as many fouls in the playoffs. They're going to change it even more. So they're going to let guys play even more. And the key is to, when it doesn't happen, get the back on defense. But you got to get back. So we don't get the foul call. We don't make a shot. We can't let our offense dictate our defense. And that's the biggest thing, biggest change we need to grow in and mature on. Don't miss an episode of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. All due respect to Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky and the graveyards of Tijuana, Mexico and Thunder Rosa. Bully, my match of the night from Saturday was that match that we just heard between Jonathan Gresham and and, uh, Dalton Castle for a few reasons. I love Dalton Castle. Okay, I think most people by now know that I love Jonathan Gresham in terms of technical prowess and just for him to be able to be put on a just a great wrestling match. What I loved most about Saturday, that felt like an ROH title match. It felt like I know we were watching it on AEW, but it it was I really got to give a lot of credit to Tony Khan for him to be able at least seemingly to being able to kind of like separate the brands and still putting an ROH title match on an AEW show and me still feeling like, you know what, that. That's Ring of Honor. That's a Ring of Honor title match. That's what I want to see. And, and and I got to see it on Saturday night. And Bully, for a lot of folks, they got introduced to not only Dalton Castle for the first time, but also Jonathan Gresham, which is pretty damn cool as well. 
uh, if you take a look at the poll that we put up and Gabby, maybe you can check the results for us. I believe that the Gresham versus uh, Dalton Castle match is currently in first place. Gabby, is that true? What do we got yeah. there? Yes, you are correct. So far, uh, Gresham and Castle is in the lead with 47% Thunder and Nyla at 30% and Scorpio Guevara at 22%. So there you go. Close to 50% of the vote going to Dalton and uh, Jonathan Gresham. Um, I'm not the Jonathan Gresham style of pro wrestling is not my exact cup of tea, but over the past year or so watching him, whether, whether it was ring of honor doing uh, their COVID production produce shows, or whether it was what I saw last night, I've becoming more of a fan obviously seeing more character from him the other night helped tremendously more confidence in himself knows who he it seems like he's finding his groove on who he wants to be a little bit more of a smile on his face also in that ring which i'm not used to seeing from him for he always seemed very serious about things and i remember overhearing him put matches together in ring of honor and I'd be like, why do you, you know, why do you want to do that? And it would be more of a, well, that's just, you know, part of my repertoire. Well, just because it's part of your repertoire doesn't mean it fits in this any one particular place. I see a more educated Jonathan Gresham. I see a more mature Jonathan Gresham. I see a more psychologically sound Jonathan Gresham. I think he probably learned this also along the way with getting to work with Jay Lethal, because Jay Lethal is one of the guys who I think has an excellent grasp on modern day psychology, the old school rules, the new school tools of psychology, uh, old school rules, new school tools. My motto at the team 3d Academy, I see Jay lethal, um, you know, put that into his matches. I know that Gresham has been working with lethal. I see it rubbing off, enjoyed the match. So when you have somebody like a Dalton castle, such an over the top character who can actually wrestle against Jonathan Gresham, yeah. a, a, you know, a technician in the ring um, whose character is coming out a lot more. It's no shock to me that they're in first place on our poll. Yeah, it's not a shock to me either. And credit to Tony Khan. They gave them the time, right? That felt like a ring of honor title match. That felt like uh, a professional wrestling match. That felt like exactly what you would expect from Dalton Cashel and Jonathan Gresham. And, and again, um, I was excited to see a lot of the praise on social media for all oh, this is my, and you've seen it on the poll as well. This is my first time seeing Dalton Castle. I was thoroughly impressed and yada, yada, yada. I mean, he occupies a very special place in professional wrestling. He's kind of a one of one. Yes. He's got the, the wild flamboyant sort of the peacock uh, gimmick. And, and that's, you know, partly what drew me in, but it's also the move set, the variety, his skill in the ring, the suplexes, like the dude is smooth is butter and that really really i felt like came out even more so when you're working with a guy like jonathan gresham i just love the style of those two in the ring on saturday night and again it just i i was just really as an roh fan it made me proud to see that highlighted on uh, on network television like that in the midst of the nba playoffs it was just a wild visual for me like holy shit that's dalton castle and jonathan gresham and madam for the roh title on primetime saturday tv as a pro wrestling fan man it just uh gave me goosebumps you mentioned Tony twice, Tony Khan twice, and, and yeah. I think Tony has done a great job of giving his fan base exactly what they want to see. 
You you yeah. you watch Battle of the Belts. You love Battle of the Belts. I thought it was a good show. Yeah, he is catering directly to every single one of his fans, which is great. What Tony needs to improve on is continuing giving his fans exactly what they want while bringing in new fans. Because there's obviously an entire world of wrestling fan that that prefers the WWE to AEW. Yes or no? Yes. And what Tony has said. Bully, bully, I was that. I've told you this. I wasn't an ECW fan. I didn't even know ECW existed. I was a complete Vince McMahon creation. I was 13 years old in 1996, and I was exactly what Vince wanted. There is no pro wrestling outside of WWE. Now, of course, I knew about Sting. I knew about Ron Simmons. I knew about WCW in part because of video games and action figures, and obviously the Outsiders Hall and Nash they go over. But, like, ECW, independent scene territories anything like that i was completely unaware of it so i speak from experience in that regard uh, you sound very much like izzy when she was nine years old izzy was the uber <laughs> yeah. wwc you know NXT. Yep. excuse me nxt was the be all and end all and then she yep. discovered aew and now it's like wow so <laughs> tony needs to continue to cater to his fan base while analyzing what other wrestling companies are doing out there, such as the WWE. And how do I encourage a WWE fan to want to watch my product also? Because much like we were talking about Steve Austin, always wanting to grow and learn and be better as a booker, that's what you have to do. Also sit back at 30,000 feet. Why do people, why is there a certain fan base that prefers the WWE and only the WWE over AEW? Once you identify that, now ask yourself, what do I, what talent do I have in my locker room? What stories do I have available to me in my locker room that can lure people over? Listen, you got a heavy hitter like Jericho, who was synonymous with the WWE. You got a heavy hitter like Sting, who was synonymous about WCW. Maybe it's how do we uh, take more advantage of these characters? I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But right, we're talking right. about if, if there's one thing Tony knows how to do, it's very much what Paul Heyman knew how to do. Cater to their audience. That's what one of the things that AEW gets very, very right. And I have come on this show a gazillion times and tell you everything that AEW gets right. You still get you'd still get the bottom feeders who decide to take the one or two things that I say that's constructive (laughs) criticism, turn it around, throw it out there on their social media and try to herd the sheep, the hate sheep against the truth. You'll always get the truth here. So that's what I I thought. Battle of the Belts was a, a, a really strong one hour show that catered to the AEW and Ring of Honor faithful. And you just compare Tony Khan on some level to Paul Heyman, right? And you said you're talking about catering to the fans. Isn't that what a booker should do? Like, we're so used to Vince McMahon not catering uh, to the fans. That's to say he doesn't. I mean, the payoffs happen occasionally. They're just not as often. And and, and you mentioned, you know, Cesaro and the Iron Horse Championship. There's just, there's things, there aren't, there is a lack of payoff with WWE. And sometimes if there is a payoff, it can take two or three years. Or it's almost like you have to force 
force the hand of the people over there to deliver on what you want as a fan to be catered to. Uh, wouldn't you say that is the, 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 the end goal of every booker is to cater to the fans and make sure they're happy? Yes, but, but you also have to expand your audience. We can uh, Listen, I give Vince McMahon a lot of credit for being extremely set in his ways, but in 1997 was forced to listen to those three letters that were being chanted in his arenas. Those letters were ECW, and it forced his yep. hand to change the entire way his company was presented. We remember the promo that Vince opened up Monday Night Raw with, where he said, we're going to take on a little bit more attitude around here. So not only yep. did Vince cater to this fan, but he, he realized that there's a little shitty company out there in South Philly doing something that's captivating the people more than we are. What can we do to activate an audience like that? And the Attitude Era was born. So my entire point here is, whether it's a Tony Khan, a Billy Corgan, any, anybody, see what's cater to your audience, see what's working someplace else, start to incorporate some of those things. What a great time to be a Let pro wrestling fan. We talk about it all the time, but it is exciting, Bully. It definitely is. Ryan, I'll leave you with the rock and roll yeah. reference. In 1978, it was either 78 or 79, Kiss realized that disco was the new thing. Yeah. And Kiss wrote a song called um, I Was Made for Loving You, a disco song. <laughs> I was made for loving you, baby. Loving you, baby. Yeah, and, and right? Go back to Detroit Rock City. Kiss would never make a, a disco song, right? The famous uh, at first Detroit Rock City, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. But at first people revolted. Now it's part of their set list. There's yep. a there's yep. a section of people, the Kiss audience hey, that loves that song. People turned their back on Metallica in the Ride the Lightning years when they wrote Fade to Black and they had only been around for what, two albums? You know, you can't you can't please everyone, and sometimes you gotta stick to your North Star. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. 
Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.